0: Like movies. No, what is playmation movie? Right, where you have clay, they they move, they take a picture, they move a bit, they take a picture. Okay, anybody ever seen the movie Chicken Run? I love that movie. But it's a movie I kept not go like this. It's a movie if I'm going to watch, I have to watch by myself. Uh, anyway, if you haven't seen it, it's about all these chickens trying to work together to escape Mr. Tweedy's farm. Uh, there's one chicken named Ginger, the one that's the main one with that little hat and little red thing on. See, this is he's trying to spearhead this group to get every chicken out of, out of Mr. Tweedy's farm all at the same time. This is a great movie, maybe not a classic, but it's a great movie. But it's based off of another movie which you'll probably recognize that is filled with people. There's a bunch of men trying to get out of a prisoner of war camp in Germany some four years sooner uh, and instead of going over the fence like the chickens do, these guys are digging in tunnels under the ground in order to escape out of the, the camp. Anybody know what movie that's called? The Great Escape. The Great escape right? I don't have a picture for that, but it's called The Great Escape. You know, ever since prisons were invented, people have been trying to escape them. Right, you go back and as far back, whether they're good guys or bad guys, you put somebody in a cell, somebody wants to get out of that prison. Well, today we come across the story of a guy who's escaping prison. And this guy doesn't do anything really to help himself escape. He has nobody on the outside who's digging under the tunnels. There's no awesome plan in order to get out. And it is the most angel who's working all things out for, for this guy named Peter to get out of jail. And so the message title for today is a great escape. And we're gonna look at how Peter is in a physical prison. And what do we think about each of us who are not in a physical prison? We might be in some other kind of prison in our mind that we want to get out of but we don't feel like we can And so we're going to connect those two together. So first of all, we look with Peter. He's in a situation of unplanned troubles, an undesirable situation. Actually, it's an inescapable situation. So Acts chapter 12, verses 1-6 through 6. It says, It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church and tended to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the feast of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to, the, to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the passport. Verse 5 so says So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentry stood guard at the entrance. So Peter is in jail, right? Uh, just recently, uh, James, the brother of John, was put to death with the sword. King okay, Herod doesn't have any real personal reason in order to do this, but he's he realizes that it makes the Jews happy when he's persecuting these Christians, and Herod wants to be accepted. He wants to be ple- uh, be pleasing in the eyes of the Jews, so he says, "Okay, this." It makes you guys happy that I got rid of James. Let me get another one. Let me go for Peter. He's the big fish, right? He's he's the most well-known apostle. And if if you get him put in prison, you get him put to death, all of a sudden, Herod's going to look like a really uh, poor guy in the eyes of the people. And so it says that Herod decides to do this. He arrests Peter, and he puts him in prison during this feast. Now you have the Passover, and then you have a feast of unleavened bread for seven days. So somewhere in between this passage of, or this week-long seven days, Peter is put in prison, and he's he's guarded, and he's he's just sitting there waiting for whatever's going to be the outcome of his trial. This is not Peter's first rodeo, right? Peter's been in prison before. The first time in Acts chapter four, <coughs> Peter is put in prison, and he stays there. He gets brought out, he gets questioned. They tell him stop talking about this Jesus. He says something along the lines of, "I didn't obey God." rather than what you all think. Big words for a man, but he said those. The second time Peter is put in prison, he doesn't stay there. He's put in like a common jail, holding cell with all the apostles. An angel lets them out, and they go outside. They don't flee, but they go out, and the next day they're out doing exactly the same thing that got put in prison before. They're sharing his message with Jesus. They get told again, do not preach this Jesus. They get flogged and they get let go. Peter has this... He's had this habit of getting put in jail. He's already escaped once. Herod says, I don't want this to happen again. So guess what he does? He doubles up on the guards. He says, instead of having Peter chained by just one wrist, by one guard, which really should be enough, he says, I'm going to have two guards, one chained to him on either side. Very uncomfortable, right? Anybody here to toss and turn away to his sleep? My wife hates that. She Because I, I toss and I turn and I'm just like trying to get comfortable all night long. I can only imagine with chains hooked to your, your arms how tough that would be. But that's the situation Peter's in. He's in an honest, inescapable situation. But what is Peter's response? Anyone want to tell me what Peter's response is to all this? Alright, ready. Peter, also oh, he's a critter, okay? So yes, he's a critter, but his response is that he's sleeping, right? It says there in verse 5, uh, Peter's uh, verse 6, the night before the trial. Was, uh, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. That's crazy, right? He, he's, what makes it so crazy is that A, his buddy just got put to death by the sword. By the same guy who arrested him and put him in a prison. Doesn't that bring my thoughts to mind? And, hey, I can be next. I'm probably going to be the next example of what not to be. I'm going to die also. I think Peter's having to deal with this. But he's peaceful. He's, he's, he's relaxed. He's able to sleep. They didn't give a sleeping aid. He didn't wear himself out crying in the blues and trying to get out of there so he's exhausted. He just is like, okay, I can go to sleep. Right, guys, if you can't, but I'm going to go to sleep here. Um, but, but James already been put to death, so that would first strike against him, it, would make the teacher want to stay awake. Uh, other people, it says, were, were persecuted. Right? So this is something that Herod's getting good at doing. But the third thing that you some people may not know is that Peter had a wife. Right, Peter is in prison and he has a wife. First 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 5, it talks about the fact that Peter has a wife, and yet he's sleeping in peace. Now, if I put in prison and my wife is on the outside with kids, uh, I'm not I'm going to give you a nervous wreck. Because if I die, who's going to take care of them? Right? I, I probably people would help chip in here and then say, Okay, come back home, The dad board, it's nice phone you, but you know, I was like, who knows who's going to stay with them the whole time? I would be nervous. Back then, they had the same kind of situation. Who's going to take care of Peter's wife and his kids if he has them? But Peter's not fretting. He's not worried. He's just peacefully sleeping. And I just think, I think that's pretty amazing. During this inescapable situation. But what are Peter's friends doing during this inescapable situation? It says that the church was... He earnestly prayed to God for him. And they weren't all at home by their own bedside praying. We find out later that there is a group of them all combined together that are praying on behalf of Peter to get out of this situation. Now praying for them might have seem like the most obvious thing to do because they have seen miracles, right? They've seen people get healed. Peter healed people. But this is a brand new situation. The last guy who was in prison they probably prayed for him, right? James, the brother of John, they probably prayed for him and he died. So they, they could be expecting that this could happen too. But they said, we're going to gather together and pray anyway because that's, that's the thing for, the, for them to do. And I bet it was challenging because they looked at the situation and said, this is impossible. There's no way Peter's getting out of here. Because look what already happened to James. Look what's happened to everybody else in went to jail. They stayed in prison until they were punished or until they died. And so I just expect the same thing to happen. But they did it anyway. No idea how was going to happen. They got together and they prayed for Peter to get out. Anybody here feel like you are in a prison? No, obviously you're not in a physical prison. We we don't have guards standing by the, the doors. We don't sleep in a jail cell. But anybody here feel like I'm in a prison in my mind? Like, I'm in a situation I cannot get out of. I'm going to give you a couple examples of prisons that i found myself in. One was being married. I can't believe you just said that, but my wife will tell you the same thing. We, when we first got married, oh, everybody's in love, right? When you first get married, then you realize, who is this person I'm living with? Right? It is not an easy situation. And I, 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 I kid you not, I know I've told Jennifer uh some of these stories, but when we first got married, um, it was to the point where neither of us was going to divorce each other, right? But if, if neither of us would have offered it to the other person, we would have took them up on it and said, good luck, I'm out of here. Because that's the kind of relationship we had for like five to seven years. It was like cat, and dog, and mouse and cat, and it was just horrendous. It was terrible. We both wanted out. There was there's no way to get out of this unless luckily, you know, less the guy's? Or she, she <laughs> does the people. But that's the only way out. It's getting I got a ring on my finger. I made a finger I'm stuck with it. <laughs> I'll come back to that. Don't worry. I think about health situations. Anybody here find yourself in a health situation where you are stuck with your problem? You know, I think about Leslie. She has MS. I think about heart cancer, I think about people who are dealing with stroke, or people who have COVID. You can't get this out of your body, while right? you're stuck with it, for your whole life, it's just a part of you. It feels like an inescapable situation. Thankfully, I, I don't have that. But if you have something in your life, I bet if you could it with somebody, you would. Or if you could just take it out and get it the way you would. But you can't, it's inescapable, right? People have health things that are inescapable. A job. Um, before we got married, I quit lots and lots of jobs. And my kid was, funny. he was asking me the other day what jobs I had quit. I don't know what brought it up, but I just started making job after job after job. Well, when I got married, one of the things that had to stop was I had to quit kid quit, quitting quit jobs. But I had to stick with the job whether I liked it or not. So I had a job making dentures, or I was learning how to make dentures, which is kind of cool, yeah. But I hated that job. I, mean, it was a of, I had a boss who was like a super nice dentist that I was working for. And he hired somebody on, they hand-taped me, he said, Hey, you'd be great at this. And the whole process in building with people and stuff was fascinating. I really did think I could get the hang of doing this, I could be good at this. But the, the, the guy who was teaching me was a scary monster. Everybody was scared of this guy. I and mean, he was only this tall, but everybody was scared of him. And um, I'm like, I'm staying here. I'm going to die here, but I'm going to stay here. Had that job existed to this day, guess where I would be? I would be in Davenport, going to church there, work, making dentures all the time. But God rescued me from that situation, but I'm not getting into that yet either. But I was in a position where it was inescapable. inescapable because I had made, I told my wife, I wanted to just stay here. Right? It made me feel like I'm in that kind of position. I'm in too deep. I've been at the company too long. Um... There's just too much advantage for me to, to leave, and I can't get out of it. Okay, you might feel like you're in an inescapable situation. Well, I want to think about what is your response to that gonna be? Because Peter, you know, when he was in jail, he had peace. He's sleeping, like life is, like he's home in bed, like nothing is going on. Well, I up with four different response, responses that you can have. Everybody drives to Miles City, right? You guys all seen the Four Beats restaurant? Right? You may not eat there at all, but when you go by, I want you to remember this message and remember the four bees every time you see that. Okay, so your situation that you feel like is inescapable and you don't like One is you can be gone. These are four bees. One of you can be gone. You can just leave me. I can leave my wife because she's the most irritating person I know. I can quit my job because I don't think this is fair. Um, I'm going to get out of this community because I don't like it. Right? One response is it's inescapable, but yet it is escapable. There is a way out of going to take it. The second is, I'm going to stay here and do what I did to my wife, be terrible, be miserable, and not like her, just make her life a tough place to be, Uh, make my work situation terrible. Number three, I can be depressed. I can say, okay, I'm going to stay in my situation, but I'm I'm not gonna be happy about it. I'm just gonna be down all the time because I can't do anything about it anyway. Or number four is you can be like Peter. You can be trusty. Your inescapable situation how are you going to handle it? The fourth thing, or the best option, is to be trusting. Okay, God, I found myself here. Yes, I didn't put myself in this situation. I'm stuck here. So what do I do about this? I'm just going to trust you because that's what Peter did. But Peter's not the only one involved in the story. Peter has friends, right? And they—what are they doing? They are praying for Peter. They're a whole huddled together, praying for Peter's escape, and that is. A remarkable thing, too, because you can look at Peter's situation and say, Yep, it's a lost cause, he's gonna die anyway. I mean, most likely, but they gather together and they pray. And what we find, based off of that prayer, is an unexpected escape, right? Uh, nobody expected this. I mean, you guys all know the story, so you know how it turns out, but Peter has no idea that his escape is coming. Um, the people praying. I have no idea this is coming. And I guarantee you that guards have no idea that this escape is actually coming. So, first of all, Peter's our first guy. Peter didn't expect escape, he didn't think anything was going to happen. Um, Acts chapter 12, verses 6 through 11. It says, So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared in a light, and a light shone around in the cell. He struck Peter on the side, and he woke him up. He said, Quick, sleepyhead, get up, and take the chains of off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, Come on, dude, wake up. Put your clothes on and your sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. And Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea what the angel was doing what was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and the second guards and came to an iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them by itself and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Verse 11 says that Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and he rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. Peter is down. He's asleep. He's like, well, if I'm going to go out, I might as well enjoy The last of what this earth has to offer. But then there's five things that happen here that any one of those things should be waking somebody up, right? It should be making something known to people. Um, The first is, it says, it says, the light shone. You know, you guys ever asleep and you just tell a light has come on, right? So Peter's, he's sleeping there, and the guards are there, and the light's shining, and nobody's moving, nobody's stirring around. Uh, It says, Peter's. Uh, the the angel spoke to him. Peter, come on, wake up! You know, and nobody's moving. Finally, Peter starts to move. His chains fall off, clink clink on the ground, and no, and, and nothing's really happening. The guards are oblivious to this whole thing, right? I don't know if they're sleeping. I don't know if they're, if they're if the angel Peter are visible. But Peter's not expecting any of this, and the gate was opened, and people are still clueless that anything is going on. First, best of all, Peter. Peter's not even aware of what's going on through this all. Anybody ever here you know, wake up in the middle of the night? And you're like, where am I? You know, what am I doing here? I'm not really with any. You know, I wake up sometimes the other night before I was. I woke up. Who knows where I was at? My room trying to find the alarm clock. Because it's beeping and it's beeping. And I can't figure out where it's at. And I have my phone is going off to make sure that I get up. Well, Peter's kind of that way. He's he's not really sure what's going on. He's just Trying to follow this angels step-by-step process to get out of the city, because Peter has no idea the escape is coming. Nobody would have dreamed this up. But Peter is able to leave, but he has no idea it's coming. So Peter was not expecting an escape. Guess who else wasn't expecting the escape? I told you. Peter's friends, they were not really expecting this escape. Verses 12 to 17. You see, this is how they respond to the fact that Peter's actually been out of jail. It says, When this had dawned on Peter, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she left him. She ran back to them and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. And verse 15, what did they say? Rhoda, you're out of your mind. When she kept insisting, uh, they said, Well, it must be his angel. Right? He must be dead, and his angels just came to talk to us. Peter motioned with his hands for them to be quiet. Also, Peter kept knocking on the door. When he opened the door, they saw him, and they were astonished because they weren't expecting this. Peter motioned with his hands for them to be quiet and he described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. He said, Tell James and the brothers about this. And he said, and then he left for another place. Peter's friends, they got together, they look really good, right? They're all huddled. they're giving up sleep. I mean, Peter's sleeping, right? But well, what are they do? They're just huddled together, and they're praying, even though they're not expecting really anything to happen. And when he comes to the, the outer door, or the outer gate, and he says, hey, open up, I'm here. <coughs> they say, he's rolling out of your mind. This guy's not really alive. He's, he's dead, right? There's no way it can be him. Because they did not believe in fact that Peter had really gotten out of jail, they might have figured that you know he 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 stayed strong to the end until he got out of, until he died, or or they might have believed that he was witnessing to the guards that are chained up to him, you know every three or four hours changing shift. But no way would they expect that he was actually out of jail because they didn't believe it. It was unexpected, that unexpected. And once Peter gets inside. He explained to them how it all really happened. This is what the angel did, this is where I went. Why? And he said, go tell James. I tell the brothers, I'm out of jail, this is what happened. I gotta food the country. But you go tell these people. Why did Peter want them to go tell James and the other brothers? Because, well, first of all, it was a miracle. But second of all, to encourage them, that God answers prayer. It really does work. You know, it's easy to get discouraged when you go through tough times in life. Right? I think we all understand what it feels like to be discouraged, which is why I get excited about this idea of like saying, "This is what I'm thankful for. These are my praying prayers." I told you about my brother. How discouraged have I, been for the last 26 years not really seeing that much? You know, to the point of like, "Sorry, man," because he usually watches this. I kind of gave up praying. Right? I got that discouraged. But now, when I hear, "Look what God finally is doing in his life after 26 years," I'm excited. And hopefully that can encourage you to say, you know what, 26 years is a long time, but I want you to keep praying as well. So Peter is saying, go tell James, go encourage these guys, tell them to keep praying because I'm out of jail because of this prayer. Then we find out, and also Peter didn't expect to get out. The prayer warriors didn't expect it to actually, for Peter to get out. And the guards definitely did not expect Peter to get out. Verse 18 and 19, bless It says in the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what had become of Peter. After Herod had thoroughly had had, had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross examined the guards in order that they be executed. He says, You know what, guys, I want to check out your stories. And if he finds out that nothing's driving, that they can't explain why Peter's gone. He says, i want going to give you the same punishment that Peter was going to get. He was going to die, so you were all going to die. All those guards did not expect Peter to get out. They would have had the whole army right there, right? Surrounding the army had they expected, or surrounding the jail, had they thought this was even possible. But they thought, we got two guys chasing him. You're not going to get away from two guards without without somebody doing something. You're not going to be able to walk through past guards. You're not going to be able to open a city gate unless somebody else is involved. So the guards totally did not expect this to take place. Nobody's expecting this miracle. No one's expecting this this great escape that Peter is going through. I want to come back to my unexpected or my my troublesome life. And I talked about those for just a minute. You know, I I told you about my wife and how miserable it was. And how we both did not like each other. We both would have liked to get out of our inescapable situations. You know, but uh, I'm here to tell you that obviously I'm still married. I'm here to tell you that last week I said my hot woman or my hot babe like three times last week. So obviously something had to change in the last 12 years to make it almost 19 years of marriage. I did not get out of my situation, thankfully, but God got me through it because of prayer. Because God says this is what is better for you. So sometimes we're in those situations and God just keeps you in it because it's your best. It's what's best for you. The job that I that I hated. I was there. Thankfully it was the worst winter that Avery had seen for years because nobody came to to get their venture appointments filled. So I sat there for months reading books. I sat there for months cleaning the office. I sat there for months doing absolutely nothing. And finally after that much time, because everybody did not come to fulfill their appointments, they called the police. And I was like, that was the only way I was going to get out of this, is if God did something to let me out of it. Because I was determined I was going to stay. And God says, Here, Josh, thank you for six months of faithfulness. Now get out of here. I got something better for you to do. People go through health situations. I feel like my brother, something's starting to happen. This seems like impossible. But God seems to be working. So sometimes in your life, you might have that inescapable situation. You might see that in other people. You know, I think about Kathy Seeler. She survived COVID. I'm here to tell you that I was praying just as hard as anybody else was, but I did not expect her to be here today. I expected once she got on that machine, she was done for. Uh, my wife and I were discussing funeral plans for Kathy uh, and, and the song, Friends and Friends Forever, at the Lord of them down, because we did not think she was going to get out of it. And, and God and God's and said, Hey, I want you to keep Kathy alive. You need her to be playing the piano along with Sharon. You need to be. For playing the piano, um, but I did not expect it. I saw, I, I see it in my own life, I see it in Kathy. Whenever I see her, I see there's an unexpected, you know, we're praying wholeheartedly for her. I did not expect it to work out. So, so sometimes you get those unexpected escapes. Get out of jail free cards, right? Like Peter got, like I killed Kathy got, like I got on the line. But you all know that sometimes you don't get those. You know that there are sometimes they in life just are stuck with that situation. Think about James, who was put to death with the sword. Do you think nobody prayed for him? What about the other Christians? Do you think nobody prayed for them? No! I bet people got together and they prayed for James. But God didn't seem fit for that to happen. I think about people with uh who said, you know what, Josh, it's a nice story about who your wife and after 19 years everything's good. Story. My life has never been that way. Um, my marriage has never been good. You know, I think about uh, two different women I know back in Davenport who've been praying for their husbands. For one, for at least fifty years, they came to be saved, and the other is probably in the neighborhood of the same. And those two husbands are still stubbornly refusing the Lord, and I don't think they're going to come to the Lord. And I, I look and say, Why God? Why not? They're praying. They're faithful. They're committed women but for 50 years they've been praying and this hasn't taken place. Some people are stuck in that troublesome job because God's not providing the way out. They feel like they have to stay. That's troublesome. That job like you had Josh that you got out of because God let you out, of. God's not letting me out of this one. Or the health issue. You know what? Leslie's still stuck with uh, MS. You know, we've been praying for two years and guess what she still has? She's probably going to have her whole life. So, yes, sometimes God doesn't open the jail and say, Get out of here, and we're free. Sometimes you're still stuck with your problem. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I can't worry about that. We have to be like Peter's friends who say, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for myself so that I can rest. I'm going to pray for my friends so hopefully they can get out of this inescapable situation that they're in. That's what Peter did. He was able to pray. And I want to encourage you to take advantage of our scripture in verse. Do not be anxious about anything. Whatever it is in life, whether it's a health condition, it's a family member, it's a work-related issue, do not be anxious, don't be worried, don't be stressed about it. Natural things, right? I've already explained a dozen times how I used to worry, and it's natural. It's like prayer and petition. You just go and work with it and present that request to God. And you present that request to God, and you do it over and over and over and ultimately, God will give you that peace that passes all of you. you might be stuck in the middle of that jail cell forever, but God can give you the peace that He gave Peter at the same time. You know, I think about our church, and I think about, we have, uh, last week I asked, how many, how many prayer requests have gone out of this in the last couple months, and nobody has any idea how many, right? Because there are lots and lots of things that we have to pray about. People that we love, situations that we control, right? These prisons I feel like the people are in. So I, I want to encourage you to just keep praying. And you know what the church did? They got together and they prayed. So today, after church, we've done this before, after we we sing the last song, after everybody gets a few minutes to say goodbye and hi, and all that kind of thing. I want you to come up here and just sit there, and anybody who's willing to come pray, we can pray for our nation. We can pray for sharing. We can pray for uh Bread surgery, you know if anything that comes to mind? We feel like, hey, we need prayer now. I want to encourage you to come sit with me and pray for like ten minutes, right? We're not going to be praying all day long and see what God might do through the faithful prayers of His people. I want to leave you with that thought. You know, God is a chain breaker. God is the one who's going to get you out of your prison. He's the one who gets somebody else out of the prison Or God's going to stay with them in their prison. God's not going to leave them, or He's not going to leave you or forsake you. He loves you. He already proved that, when He went to the cross. He, he did that, there's nothing else that's going to be any harder for Him to do. So let's just close to prayer, but remember to pray for those who love. Them. Pray for those in need, and remember that God is faithful to answer those prayers. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you God for this example of Peter's life. He was in an unexpected Situation not not thinking he has any way out, God, but you came to the rescue. The people that were praying for him weren't expecting really for you to answer, but you answered anyway. God, I am so grateful for that. Please let us be praying people. Let us be people who trust you wholeheartedly and leave all requests at your throne, at your feet, and let you do what you think is best for them. God, we know that you are good. You proved it at the cross, and you prove it every day, God, even in ways that we don't even think about. Uh, You do so many little things for us that we just take for granted and and they're just all reminders that you love us and that you are good to us. Help us to remember to to trust you and pray for those that we love. I pray this in Jesus' name.